The University of Mpumalanga's tourism lecturer, Dr. Julia Giddy, and Professor Jane Rogerson from the University of Johannesburg recently conducted a study to examine tourism enterprise adaptation in South Africa's nature tourism destinations. Tonight, Dr. Julia Giddy joins us to share some of the study's findings. Welcome, Dr. Derizafem. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now, Doctor, I mean, many would say, you know, a study isn't necessary, necessarily, you know, to conclude um, that the COVID-19 pandemic has negatively impacted in the tourism sector. So why did you guys choose to go ahead with this particular study? Um, and, and, and what areas of interest, obviously, were you guys focusing on? So what we were actually curious about is a little bit um, looking specifically in, in, in areas where tourism is one of the main, um, you know, co- uh, job contributors and the basis of the local economy. So the area around Hazy View and Bushbuck Ridge is one of those um, municipalities that we identified. And um, so it's not like it's an entire thing across the whole country, but there are a few mis- municipalities which are particularly dependent not just on tourism, but international tourism. Mm. And so that's how we identified that study site. In terms of um, what we were really looking at is not just um, the impacts of COVID-19, but also how um, different enterprises have adapted to the increase in the domestic tourism market. So it's not even just a case of, oh, COVID-19 has um, impacted tourism broadly, but more so how do uh, tourism businesses need to adapt in, the, in sort of the new um, tourism environment, which is really highly dependent on the domestic tourism market? Mm. And uh, how severe then was the impact of COVID-19 on the region? And what has the study discovered to be some of the major contributing factors to the downturn? So, I mean, definitely the, you know, the biggest one early on and for most of last year was the international travel ban. And again, Mm. like I said, that's a particular to regions like, you know, areas bordering the Kruger Park and the fact that a lot of the tourism enterprises there are very geared towards um, international tourist markets. So things Mm. like their facilities, but also their pricing is one that everybody sort of talks about. But even their facilities. So a lot of South Africans prefer to go on um, to have self-catering facilities and to have, um, you know, sort of self-drives around the park. And a lot of the um, businesses in the area just, just were not focused on that market. And yeah. so that's really what we were trying to get into, um, how they can adapt going forward to appeal to the South African market a little bit more. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and doctor, I think I, I, I would actually agree with you because if you take a drive, um, you know, past that bushback rich area, especially when you get to Achenhoek, um, you see mm-hmm. a lot of uh, international uh, visitors coming through there in, in that area and actually buying property as well and not only just visiting some of the parks that are there as well. And if you look at it, <laughs> it's actually quite unaffordable for some of us South Africans as well because for the price yeah. that we charge can be quite expensive as well. But I, I want to find out here, uh, Doctor, how did business owners try to adapt, especially to the challenges, um, you know, all altered uh, markets as well, which was a result of those particular restrictions that were brought to you by then uh, COVID-19? Um, so one, one of the, the most common was, was one was price reduction. Mm. So, um, mm. you know, a lot of the businesses had to reduce their prices, and I, I had a couple, like there was one quote that said, we had to find the sweet spot that still allowed us to sustain our business, 
but would be affordable or at least affordable to some of the South African population. Um, I don't think that everybody did the best job at it necessarily, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. that was one of the biggest ways that people tried to adapt. Another one that a couple of businesses um, mentioned were, um, you know, sort of free upgrades on arrival or mm-hmm. offering more services for a price that would have been, you know, just for the basic room. They'll, they'll now introduce things like, you know, breakfast or, or game drives and things like that. Um, but one of the most interesting things to me and is something that I'd like to, to study going forward is how there's been a big change in the demographics of people visiting the Kruger Park mm-hmm. and the nature-based tourism areas. And one of the biggest places I've seen the transformation, because I'm currently working on a study also with Professor Rogerson on um, uh, rural tourism development in the Tabachu municipality. So in that study, there's been a major growth in um, the domestic uh, market, and the, the, the whole industry there is really transformed. Mm. And so I'd really get to, like to get, and I know the business, some of the businesses are really keen to find out more about how, you know, sort of the wants and needs of this new and changing demographics in terms of nature-based tourism, because it's also a very COVID-friendly activity to be able to do. Mm. So there are a lot of opportunities there. It is Taking Care of Business on Rise FM with the University of Pumalanga's Dr. Julia Giri as she shares some insights on her research into the severity of the impact of COVID-19 on tourism businesses. Now, uh, Dr. Giri, uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of strategies that some businesses implemented to try salvage, uh, the, obviously, they, 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 uh, businesses. Uh, did these work, these strategies, and did government grants that we heard about actually help in mitigating some of the problems that were faced by these businesses? So, um, so the, to answer your first question, some of them did work. You know, a lot of the businesses were able to, um, you know, at least survive um, the pandemic by reducing prices. And some of them even adapted to things like um, having more facilities for work from homes type um, of leisure tourists, you know, mm. who want to go. Maybe they're working out of the office so they can go to these places. So they need like good Wi-Fi and some of those facilities. So those are the types of things that, that seem to be pretty effective. And then some, a lot of changing in marketing strategies as well. In terms of government grants, um, a lot of businesses struggled to obtain those grants. And the ones that did, it held them for a very short period of time. Yeah. So part of that is just like the facilities, if, especially if you think about nature-based tourism and some of these game lodges, they're very expensive to maintain. And when there was absolutely no business there, they still have to have their rangers and, you know, all the facilities maintained. Um, so there are major cuts in staffing and reduction of salaries as a result. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the government funding really didn't seem like reached um, the businesses very effectively, or if it did, it only withheld them for a very short period of time. Mm. So they've been relying on other things, like some have started doing um, – you know, you, you sort of multi-skilling and, um, you know, trying to find other opportunities. Like there was a distillery in Pilgrim's Rest that started selling hand sanitizer mm. during the alcohol bans and things like mm. those types mm. of um, sort of innovative um, tactics that were used. Mm. Now, <clears throat> you know, Dr. Kitty, I mean, you know, I, I, I think looking into the future, um, we need to be able to understand that obviously it's a worldwide pandemic um, and it doesn't only affect the Malanga province on its own. Um, in your view, and, and I'm quite interested in this particular view as well, and if you can expand on it, 
what can still be done, especially by businesses in the tourism sector, to be able to recover um, from this particular negative impact, especially stemming from uh, last year of uh, uh, or last year's um, restrictions in terms of COVID nineteen. Um, I would say one of the biggest things that I think could be done is that businesses should really work together to try to create maybe mm. packages mm. or, you know, have a very cohesive way of managing, um, you know, the, the tourism industry in the area. Because I think a lot a lot have gotten on to those things and there, there has been a lot more cooperation, I think, than there was in the past. But I think a lot of uh, a lot of uh, marketing could be enhanced mm-hmm. if the businesses really work together and try to find an effective strategy forward. And I do think there are places in Kraskop and um, other parts of the of the province that um, have been really effective in doing that. And I was very surprised during my recent interviews in the Tabachu municipality that the biggest impacts on business really weren't COVID. It, it has a lot more to do with issues around infrastructure. Yeah, and so. That was a very interesting find for me because they managed to adapt pretty well to the domestic tourism market. And as a result, I, I got um, some statistics that only one business in Crosscop had actually closed as a result of the pandemic, which is, is mm. almost unheard mm. of mm. in a place wow. that's very dependent on tourism. And uh, so I think they were really effective in their marketing strategies. Now, just to wrap up our conversation, uh, based on the study, what would you say are some of the learnings or takeaways that businesses in the tourism sector can implement to better position their businesses during difficult periods, which could come in the near future, such as uh, the pandemic we, we are facing right now? Yeah, that's a good question, especially because I think another thing going forward, and I've done some research on the the, um, interplay between tourism and climate change and extreme weather patterns, because I think that is something going forward that the pandemic is giving us early lessons into. Mm. We can't really be domestic on on long-haul tourism going forward. And so my biggest thing is really try to, you know, my next project, I want to find out more about the domestic tourism market and how that can be promoted in um, sort of sustainable tourism development going forward. And I think it's really important that South Africans buy into our nature um, assets because we have some of the, the most amazing assets in the world. Mm. And so, you know, really facilitating domestic tourism going forward, I think, uh, is important not just for pandemic situations, but for a number of things that are going to um, come up in the future. Yeah, um, and I think I have to ask this question as well um, to you as well because of you know considering the fact that you're in the academic space as well, and um, it, it, it might have been slightly difficult for you to be able to impart knowledge on students, and and how difficult has that been? You know, besides just um, the research that you've conducted um, on on the overall sort of productivity of students within the Bumalanga province as well in terms of imparting that knowledge um, that's much needed in them becoming successful uh, during this uh, pandemic? Uh, it's been incredibly difficult. And I think my students and I are on the same page where I can't wait to be back in person. It's almost two mm. years now where it's some students I've never met and I've been teaching them for two full years. Mm. And um, I think one of the biggest things for me, too, because I'm actually in the School of Biology and Environmental Sciences, is our our field excursions are really crucial yeah. to learning, especially in a rural university. And so the fact that we haven't really been able to um, adapt to, um, you know, have proper field trips has taken away a lot from from the learning process. And, and you know, it's really unfortunate, and I hope. In the new future, that will let up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
Dr. Chilikini, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I think a lot of those uh, insights that have been that you've shared with us, especially from the research project, um, have been extremely beneficial to us listening to this particular show and us interviewing on this particular show. Please enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you both so much, and um, yeah, thanks so much, and thank you for calling me. <laughs> And that was the University of Bolanga's Dr. Julia Gideon. She shares some insights on her research into the severity of the impact of COVID-19 on tourism businesses in the Bushbuck Ridge area. You are listening to Taking Care of Business on Rise FM.